When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and today I'm bringing you guys a very special guest by the name of Connor O'Neill. He is a publisher over at The Deacon Illustrated, covering all things Wake Forest football. And today we're bringing him in here, and we are going to talk Sam Hartman, Dave Clawson, we are going to talk about what Wake Forest is going to look like on the offensive side, the defensive side. We're going to talk about last year and them winning the uh, ACC Atlantic Division and playing in the ACC Championship game. And then we are going to look into the 2022 schedule, and we are going to get Connor's thoughts on that, what he thinks this Wake Forest team is looking looking forward to this coming up season. So I think that this is going to be a great episode, and I can't wait to let you guys listen to it. So uh, we're going to take a, a, a nice little quick break right here, and we're going to try to get Connor in here, and we're going to get this thing rolling. Welcome back, everybody, and uh, today we have a very special guest on by the name of Connor O'Neill. He is the publisher at Deacons Illustrated, and like I told you uh, a little bit ago, he is here to talk uh, everything Wake Forest football, and we are excited to have him. How are you doing today, Connor? Doing great. Just uh, watching a little Masters. uh, Actually, was at a Wake Forest football practice this morning. Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, The Masters, man, uh, uh... you know, a little all football right here, but what did you think about Tiger Woods, and could you give me a quick winner? I was just happy Tiger didn't go out and shoot 85, honestly. <laughs> um, I, I kind of thought that the 
the seriousness of his crash was downplayed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I believe it when they say he almost lost his leg. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's somebody that uh, should not be playing competitive golf at, at Augusta National. One hundred percent. I'm just happy. I'm really, I you know, not to give him a participation trophy or anything because I know he's out there trying to win. But man, mm-hmm. that's just it's awesome to see him actually be competitive. Um, winner. I mean. I don't know. It seems like everybody loves Cam Smith, and mm-hmm. I, I never try to follow the whole pack. Um, I've loved Rory McIlroy uh, since he was an amateur, and mm-hmm. kind of really pulling for him to to pull off the career slam. So I guess I'll I'll let my heart lead me there and pick Rory. <laughs> I heard that man. Uh, but you know, we, me and my two co-hosts, uh, one is. One is my brother and, and a very good friend of ours. They helped me out with this podcast, Connor. And last night we did a show and we talked a little bit about Tiger. And, you know, I, I said that, hey, I just hope he makes it through. And yeah. at the end of the day, I, I truly felt like he was going to get out there and walk in 18 holes. I don't know a lot of, you know, it, who all plays golf, but it, it's, it's way harder than what it looks. And... Like you said, the severity of his crash, man, I just saw him pulling out and saying, like, hey, I just can't do it. And watching him finish the 18 today and shooting one under, I mean, it was absolutely incredible. And once again, he proves that he is the absolute goat at the game of golf, and he is the face of the PGA Tour once again after everything that he's been through, man. It's just incredible to see. Yeah, you'll get no disagreement on any of that for me. <laughs> but man, Connor, uh, you know, jumping into this little this little podcast show, man, um, I want to ask you, how long have you been doing this and and covering Wake Forest, man? Uh, so I've been doing this since the 2017 season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I missed the opener, and then I started with the Winston Salem Journal. And I covered Wake for the Journal for three years, uh, almost exactly like three years and a week, basically, and got laid off. And uh, so I was basically on my own for about a year. Um, And then last last summer, Rivals reached out and wanted me to run the the Wake site and the Duke site. So I wound up getting signed up with that. So you add it all up. Um, I've covered five Wake football seasons uh, for basically four different publications, including uh, my own Substack for for a time there. But you know, it's good to it's good to be home, have a home and have teammates with rivals. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, uh, I've I've covered most of the players for their entire Wake careers at this point, which is kind of uh, kind of comforting because there's no like. You know, there, there's uh, we we've covered a lot of things with each other. Um, yeah. So that's that's one of the good things about being stable in a role like this. Man, that's awesome stuff, uh, Connor. Man, before I get to to my player, uh, I want to ask you about Dave Dave Clawson and the job that he has done at Wake Forest. Man, could you talk a little bit about that and and how is this fan base feeling about him and and just all the the accolades that Wake Forest has racked up, uh, especially last season, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, you're, you're kind of cutting out on me a little bit here, but um, you, know, you asked me about uh, Dave Clawson. Yeah, uh, I don't, 
I imagine I imagine Nick Saban has more job security than Dave, but I don't know <laughs> that it's really all that much when you yeah. consider uh, what Dave has done for Wake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, eight years and going to six straight bowl games. Mm. Uh, he had two really rough seasons, and then since then, it's been it's it's not been completely linear and and a completely upward trajectory like there's been a couple bumps in the road but Mm -hmm. for the most part those are sustainable like the bumps in the road haven't been uh anything like a four and eight season Mm -hmm. they've been six and six seasons and then the covid year they got robbed of some games and wound up under 500 with a with a bad bowl loss Mm -hmm. but you know those are those are palatable things uh when you're talking about a, a program like wake that you know, they don't exactly go into season thinking national championship or bust. Yeah. Uh, if, if, you, if you get where I'm coming from there. No doubt. So they're, they're raising the standard. I mean, six and six uh, this season would not cut it and would be a failure. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's a failure that, that would have fans uh, putting up for sale signs in front of Dave's house <laughs> and, and trying to run him out of town. You know, it, it would be... It would take uh, a lot of bad seasons, and I just don't see a string of them coming yeah. uh, for for Dave to really lose favor with the fan base at this point. Well, Connor, man, you know, I don't see a 6-6 six and six season coming this year, especially with this gunslinger y'all have uh, running the show with Sam Hartman, man. Could you talk a little bit about uh, what is he What is he like on and off the field and how big of a leader is he for this program? Yeah, I mean, you know, gunslinger is a term that I think gets thrown around a little too often with quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but with Sam it fits. Like, yeah. he is he's a little bit of a risk taker sometimes. He's that's probably the biggest area of growth for him in four seasons. Mm -hmm. Like he is, he manages risk a lot better than he did as a freshman. And he got a little bit of playing time as a sophomore and he kind of saw that. Mm -hmm. I actually redshirted his second year. But yeah, it's Sam has taken, has, has taken massive steps the last two years. Um, Going into the 2020 season, it was a really big storyline that he had added pounds because, Mm -hmm. He started the first nine games as a true freshman, and he played those games around 180 pounds, which is just you, you wow. can't be that slight and survive a full season playing against, you know, at, at that point, that was when Clemson had three first-round picks on the defensive line yeah. with uh, Dexter Lawrence and Christian Watkins and uh, Cleveland Farrell. So you just, you can't do that. So he, he bulked up and he changed his body and I don't know if people understand how hard that is to do for for a quarterback Mm -hmm. and for them to maintain their mobility and their throwing uh skill their their arm skill Mm -hmm. so it's really a testament to Sam's hard work and his dedication um there were signs of that for for his high school career too it's not like that was something that you know Sam had to have a philosophical shift um, he has always been a driven and dedicated worker and it just it, it took time for him to change his body so the last two years he's actually looked like an ACC quarterback uh, physically and then it's come together with his decision making with his um, acumen with his grasp of the offense mm-hmm. and you know he's 
he's an all ACC quarterback. The ACC is loaded with quarterback talent, and he is right there at the top of the list for maybe the best returning quarterback in the ACC uh, now that Kenny Pickett is gone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a really good place to be in for Wake. Um, As long as they don't think about what comes after Sam, like that's that's a future decision. That's a future (laughs) battle that'll be worked out in, in due time. But for now, it's uh, enjoy having a, a fifth-year quarterback that really is a dynamic playmaker. Connor, man, I want to ask you: Does Sam get Heisman love this year? You know, I, I have long held the belief that it's going to be borderline impossible for a Wake football player to get, or you know, football. There's, it's not like a baseball player is going to get Heisman <laughs> consideration, but. Uh, I I don't know how realistic it is for a Wake yeah. player to get Heisman love. Um, I think the the only way a Wake player gets Heisman love is if they have their biggest games against the team that you've heard of in the ACC that's mm-hmm. been to the college football playoff, and that's Clemson. Like I think that even even Wake beating Clemson with Sam throwing for two hundred fifty yards and two touchdowns, but really managing the game. I think that sets him back. I yep. think he needs he would need to have one of those, you know, Lamar Jackson against Florida State games. Mm-hmm. Uh that's the one that I think of in Lamar's season where he had like five hundred total yards <laughs> yeah. and six touchdowns before the end of the third quarter. Yeah. You know? I think Sam would need a game like that to really announce his presence as a as a legitimate Heisman contender. Man. Um I'm a huge Sam Hartman fan. I, I actually um, watched him on QB1, man, and, and just followed him ever since. And uh, me and my brother and, and our other co-host, DG, man, we talk about him all the time and just how talented he is. But he's just uh, – I'm just – I'm blown away with him every Saturday, man, y'all play. He's just, just something to watch, man. But, Connor – I want to talk a little bit about who's going to be helping Sam on the offensive side of the football this year, man. I know you, y'all lost a big-time receiver from last year, but uh, what what skill guys are, are, are going to have their names out there this year? Well, A.T. Perry is the first one. Um, he's a 6'5", 200-pound receiver who had over 1,000 yards last year. And off the top of my head, I think it was 15 touchdowns. Ooh. Um he came in as as a project like he was he legitimately needed two years to develop um and man he broke out last year in mm-hmm. a big way uh he he was always a kid that you saw flashes of of great things in practices but mm-hmm. then for the next three practices you'd wonder if he was even suited up and you wouldn't hear from him and Last year was about consistency, and he he consistently put it together in practices, and then that carried over to to the week-to-week of games. And so he's back. Hmm. The other name that's that's really going to be a factor on the outside is Donovan Green. Um, He had a great finish. Uh, They were able to maintain his redshirt and play him in the last four games of the 2019 season. Oh, wow. And he had a great last four games uh then he was really good when he was out there in 2020 and you know some limited limited action like i said wake 
Wake played the fewest number of games of any mm-hmm. ACC team that year. They only played nine times. And Donovan was really good. And last summer, Donovan blew out his ACL. Mm. So he missed the entire year. And that kind of gave AT the, you know, a little bit of a clearer path to to become that number one guy. Well, now, you know, you have a number one guy and you have a guy coming off of an ACL that should be healthy by August who was the number one guy, uh, at least on the outside. Mm. So... That's that's a tandem that's going to be really potent uh, if both of them can stay healthy and if they can play a little complementary off of each other. Mm-hmm. They lost to Corey Roberson in the slot, but Wink's offense tends yeah. to make stars out of their slot receivers. I'm not taking away anything from Corey when I say that. Like Corey was a legitimate, you know, he's he's going to be on an NFL roster uh, in a month or so uh, after the draft, whether he gets drafted or or signed to the free agent. Um, He's a really good player. It's just, they have had really good slot receivers come through the program for the last five to six years. And I want to say it's a system position, but Mm -hmm. it's just a position that Wake really knows how to, mold slot receivers, get them the ball in space, and and let them operate. Mm-hmm. And they'll have a duo in there. They'll have Taylor Morin, who was an outside receiver last year and has worked in the slot before, so he's going to be a slot receiver. And then they have Keyshawn Williams is a, is a young slot that we saw behind Jafari in, in, at times last year, who's really good. He's I, I think he's a budding star. So Sam's going to have a lot of guys to throw to. Um, and last year they had a three-headed running back attack mm-hmm. and they they returned two of those three they returned justice ellison and they returned christian turner who between the two of them i think combined for over a thousand yards and 14 touchdowns last year mm-hmm. so they'll they'll have plenty of skill position skill players to to distribute the ball to and and to take loads off each other um you know depending on game plan and stuff like that Connor, man, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of points scored up there, man, and and I'm excited and I'm ready to watch it, man. So moving over to this defensive side of the ball, man, I've kind of seen where some people have had some questions about the secondary. Is that the weakest link going into 2022? I think so. Um, Their linebacker core right now also is is really thin. Mm -hmm. Uh, They – I don't think it's a stretch to say they really need to add at least one transfer portal linebacker, and and they might be better served if they add two or three who Mm. can step in and play snaps. Uh, They basically have two linebackers that have played a significant number of college snaps, and we're gonna we're gonna see how they line up. Um, They've lined up with two linebackers in the past few years playing a four-two-five because. You know, everybody plays a 14 yeah. basically. But I, I think they want to get to where they can play three on the field at the same time okay. uh, if they have good enough coverage skills. And I don't even know if they have the numbers to do that right now. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just they're so limited at the linebacker spot. But secondary two, um, they need some safeties to get healthy, and they might need to bring in a transfer safety too. Uh I like their corners. Um, I think Kalen Carson and Gavin Holmes are both uh, third-year players who are going to have a chance to be really special. I, I think 
I think they could be both NFL draft picks. Um, they're they're really really good. Uh, it's just the safeties. They've, yeah. they've got to get some safeties to emerge and, and to be playmakers. And you know, it's not just it's not just about getting you know one or two of them. It's about getting four or five because yeah. you're going to have some attrition there. Uh, you're going to play safeties on special teams, and they're going to get mm-hmm. nicked up. And so you need to have depth there too. And and that's what they're searching for a little bit right now. Man, that was a heck of a breakdown, Connor. Um, man, before I let you get out of here, Connor, I, I want to ask you, you know, looking at this Wake Forest schedule, you get Clemson at home and then you got Florida State on the road. And, and I know you were mentioning uh, before we started recording it that uh, you got NC State on the road, I believe. What can Wake Forest do this year? Can can they follow last year up with the 21 season, winning the Atlantic Division and going back to the ACC championship game and a, and a big-time bowl win? Could they follow that up in 2022? Yeah, I think that's reachable. Um, The biggest question I have about it that isn't Wake-related is where is Clemson going to be? You know, if if Clemson is beatable again, you know, a a beatable Clemson team still wins 10 or 11 games, but if they drop two ACC games, Mm -hmm. then Wake can certainly get back to Charlotte. Uh if if DJ Uyagalole has figured things out, if uh, Will Shipley is going to be healthy, if Brian Brisey is going to be healthy, if the new coaching staff overhaul for Dabo is going to work out, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would feel comfortable picking anybody else to win the Atlantic or even the ACC uh, other than Clemson. Like it just. It's a machine, and yeah. the machine sputtered a little bit last year, but we have to figure out if that's a one-year spurt and they're going to be back, or is the ACC going to be more open than it's been in the last six years moving forward without Clemson being dominant? So we've got to figure that out. Um, I think the, the top three in the Atlantic to me are NC State, Clemson, and Wake Forest, mm-hmm. not necessarily in that order. Uh, NC State returns a boatload of talent and they also you know Devin Leary was a great quarterback last year mm-hmm. um, I think you, you've got to look pretty hard to find an ACC team that doesn't have a, a really good quarterback this year that's a fact so so between the three of them like it's good that Wake gets Clemson at home but at the same time Wake has not played Clemson well at home or on the road really for more than a decade I want to say mm-hmm. um They've had a couple kind of deceitful two-touchdown losses to them, but really that's been a, a series that hasn't mattered where the game is played. Um, Wake going to Raleigh is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost a game that they felt like they should have won and kind of got taken by surprise the last time they were in Raleigh in the COVID year. So that'll be an interesting return trip for them. Uh, that, that's... You know, the Clemson game is early. The Clemson game is in September, and that's a game that, you know, typically in a normal schedule, the way it's shaken out the last few years, uh, Wake has played Clemson late. So they get Clemson early this time. The game in Raleigh is is in November. Like, that's the one that could have some huge implications. Mm -hmm. I think the day is uh, November 5th, if I'm not mistaken. But um, that's going to be a big one, Um, especially if, if Clemson is not the, the dominant team that they've been. 
Well, Connor, man, my co-host, uh, DG, we did some way too early predictions right after the bowl season and national championship and everything. And he made a bold take that DJ Ungalalele would get benched and Cade Klubnick would take over at Clemson this year, the five-star, uh, number one recruit, whatever. Uh, he would come in and take DJ's job uh, before that Wake Forest game, and they would try to get it clicking. And, I mean, bold take, but he made it. And then I had Will uh, Vandervoort on here from Clemson, and he was telling me that DJ went through some things last year that, you know, uh, the public didn't know about, and, and it stays under the rug, and – and uh, he played all those games with the broke thumb, and and it was just uh, everything with Clemson last year, man. It just felt like the snowball effect, and and they still won ten games, you know. So, uh, and and he said that they they think they're going to come back better than ever, and and DJ is going to figure it out. So it's going to be interesting to see about Clemson, man. It really is. Yeah, that's the the craziest part of it all is like the worst case scenario for Clemson. They still win ten games. Yeah. Right, they, they still get the double digit wins. Wake, Wake won double digit games for the, I believe it was the second time in school history, like a wow. hundred plus years. And granted, you know it's it's hard to say a hundred plus years when back before World War Two they're playing six game seasons. Yeah, but you know you've got at least like fifty or sixty years of playing double digit games, mm-hmm. and you've got two double digit win seasons in your entire history. And Clemson, everything goes wrong. They've got all these injuries. Their quarterback that you thought was going to be the next truth ends mm-hmm. up being pretty mediocre uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of the season. And you still win ten games. It's, it's just it's <laughs> it's mind blowing that the gap is is that far for them, and their and their floor is that high. It, it's it really is crazy, man. They're they're super talented, and then uh, that that Dabo train, man. I, I, you know, I eventually think it makes its way to Tuscaloosa, but that's for another day. So, um, just just an old homegrown Bama boy, man. So, um, Connor, man, I, I've really enjoyed having you on, man. I, I hope that I can get you back on during football season. Maybe a, uh, I always ask all of my guests during a, during a bye week, we can do like a little mid-grade, mid-week uh, report on how Wake Forest is doing. How do you feel about that, man? Sure, that'd be great. Um, I don't know off the top of my head when the bye week is, but I'll be I'll be happy to get there. That's awesome, Connor. Man, I really appreciate you coming on today, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, thanks, Blake. Wow, everybody, Connor O'Neill, publisher at Deacon Illustrated, tells you his whole story, breaks down the Wake Forest football program, talks about Dave Clawson, uh, Sam Sam Hartman. Uh, just just gave you the the playmakers at the skill positions this year on offense. Uh, talked about the 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 linebacking core and how they need to go to the portal. They're super thin there. The secondary, he likes the DBs, uh, but but he thinks they need to go to the portal and get and get some safety help. He thinks they're thin there, and and just broke it down perfectly. A, a really great episode from Connor, and and he dove in on the Wake Forest schedule, and and told you that Clemson is the key. They play them early. the The whole season uh, could really come down to the NC State game, though. Later in the season, in November, things could really be determined uh, in that ACC Atlantic in that NC State game. He told you that NC State had a lot of talent coming back, and they're going to be loaded this year. So, hey, 
like Connor said, the QB class this year in the ACC going to be absolutely stacked, and it is going to be really, really fun to watch this Wake Forest team. Sam Hartman, all the love to you, man. Keep balling out. Love to see it. And, guys, I really appreciate you joining me. This has uh, been another episode with the Belly Up Sports Network. Really appreciate them. Like always, give all the thanks to them for signing us onto their network. And if you could, we're available on Spotify. Go over there, like us, subscribe, give us a, a five-star rating if you could. And, and same with everybody who listens on the Apple podcast. Go to Apple, like us, subscribe, hit the bell, do what you got to do. Give us a five-star rating if you could. And we really appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. And until the next one, I'll catch you. I'm out.